If this bauble is lost, Lucius said, flashing eyes at the incensed priest, what makes you think I can find it? And why not have Demetrius here, or any one of your other knights, find it? Why me? I'll tell you the reason, knave, Kai cut in with a booming artificial voice, the falcon eyes staring somewhere above Lucius's shoulder. Because the ancient priests of Horus knew that this day would come, that a great lady would arise and take power. They hid the eye, but not where it could be found. The location was passed down through the ages by my sect. Centuries ago, when the Macedonian rulers came to our land, the Horus priests carved a map into the wall of a shrine far inland from here. This map shows the eye's location. Eventually, one of the Ptolemies suspected the priests of treason and had them put to death, and the shrine lay nearly forgotten for a hundred years. But not completely forgotten, Lucius said. And I suspect, priest, you know where this shrine is. The falcon head nodded. And you've been to see the map? No, Kai shouted angrily, as if to suggest such was madness. The prophecy and the curse forbids it. Horus, help me. What prophecy? There were twelve priests tried for treason. They were betrayed to the king by both Macedonians and Egyptians, and thus the priests held both races to blame for their deaths. Just before they were skinned alive, the priests put a curse on the place, that no Macedonian or Egyptian blood may pass the threshold of the shrine. Furthermore, to ensure vengeance upon the races that had betrayed them, they declared that only one who had claimed the lives of twelve Macedonians and twelve Egyptians could enter the shrine. And the curse? That if one of such blood should enter, blessings would be heaped upon the enemies of Egypt and Macedon for a thousand years, that both kingdoms would see their last dynasty before the very same generation died out, that all of the gains of the eye would turn to tenfold losses, that all would be lost forever. And I'm the impure purebred you need to enter the shrine for you. Yes, Centurion, Ganymedes said. That is it, quite simply. We do not know what terrors lurk within the walls of that place, but you stand the best chance of succeeding. And success will bring its own rewards, tall man, Arsinoe said, with an alluring eye. And a gold? How much will I? You dare talk of gold when your queen gives you an order, Roman, Arsinoe snapped. Her angry, pouty expression had returned. Your reward is to serve my greatness. Again Ganymedes calmed her. Allow me to bear tribute to your greatness, O queen, by compensating this Roman from my own purse. Do not concern yourself with him any longer. I will reward him with two thousand Roman sesterces if he finds the map for us. Lucius's eyes must have grown visibly at that moment, because Ganymedes smiled. The eunuch was offering what amounted to be a small fortune to a simple soldier. This Roman will find the map, Ganymedes said reassuringly, and we will find the eye. Yes, she agreed reluctantly, and Lucius caught a flash of desire in her eyes as they stared briefly at his bare chest. When? Tomorrow, my queen. The shrine is a half-day's ride from here. 
from there perhaps several more days' travel. We will not know for certain until we know the eye's location. Excellent. Captain Demetrius, call my attendant to pack my things. Ganymedes quickly raised a hand. Er, uh, such a journey is not worthy of such a great one, my queen. And may I remind you that your brother and sister still have agents in the city watching our every move. The fewer that know about this, the better. Arsinoe seemed much put out by this, and crossed her arms like a vexed schoolgirl. Oh, then, Ganymedes. Demetrius to keep an eye on the Robin. Kai, for any priestly contingencies that may be required. And I, to represent you, great one. We will travel as merchants in Bedouin attire.